Welcome to Urban Forum Northwest with your host, Eddie Rye Jr. Uh, we have a number of people we'll be speaking with today, and we're going to be starting with uh, a syndicated columnist with the Trice Edney Wire. Uh, her uh, column is seen frequently in the Seattle Medium newspaper. As a matter of fact, uh, she had a column that was in yesterday's paper in the Medium. You need to pick that up and check it out because she's talking about the political landscape and what's going on in Washington, D.C., and also across America, because we're talking about elected the president, and a lot of people uh, have a right to vote. So, Dr. Ife Williams, once again, thank you very much for taking time out to talk with my listening audience. We certainly do appreciate you, and you keep us informed with your, your column that appears regularly in the Seattle Medium. And uh, I, would, I read the column that you had in, it was yesterday's Medium newspaper. Can you just go into a little detail about, uh, about that, that column? Because you really put a lot on people's minds about uh, folks better wake up and pay attention to what's happening in the political scene. Absolutely. How are you today? I just want to say that um, I sat at the computer the other day and I was trying to figure out what I could say. <clears throat> and nothing came to my mind other than no one is above the law. And I guess I could say that with some confidence when I saw what um, the DA in New York did, what, what, what is going on there, what the judge uh, did there in, in Gorham. And, you know, what has been going on with some of the cases? And I thought, oh, this man is going to have to pay after all, uh, at least. And also with the woman, I must add, who had the uh, case against him uh, for raping her. He was beginning to Carroll, yes. money, but nothing was happening yet for him to uh, pay for all of the other the crimes, the real crimes that impact so many of our people. And I was beginning to believe that the Supreme Court was not even going to take up that case of course, yesterday, we are now kind of in doubt. We don't know. We know that Trump is having to pay for some of the things he did, but not for all of them. I mean, what do you think about somebody talking about killing somebody and the Supreme Court's got to think about it, whether or not that's going to uh, give him immunity just because he has been president? So that's how I happened to uh, write that article. And uh, very timely because... Uh, uh, the other thing is he's supposed to be a multi-billionaire. Uh, I'm waiting to see uh, who's going to pay the 400 I guess it might be $90,000 $90, a day starting after his time expires. How does that situation work, Dr. Ife, you being a, a an attorney? Uh, how does that yeah. work on when would the penalty start uh, for the yeah, 480 the plus million dollars? The penalty has already begun. The, the, the penalty has already begun. It's a question now. He's claiming he doesn't have the money to pay for it after convincing the country that he has so much money. If you remember, he said, I don't need the money. Uh, I'm rich. I'm very wealthy. So if he is, he got the right penalty. And, of course, if he uh, doesn't have the money, then he's going to have some of his property seized. And the attorney of New York has already said that's what she's going to begin to do if he doesn't come up with the money. And, of course, if he doesn't come up with it, he doesn't get to appeal anything. So that's the other thing, and the money just keeps adding up. Uh, it, it's it's going to go up over um, over a billion dollars pretty soon if he doesn't figure a way to get the money. But you know what I'm afraid of is that he's going to get it from one of these dictators that he's been dealing with, like uh, the Russian president or the, the North Korean president or someone like that, and that he would get the money and would feel even more brazen about what he does to our country in terms of sharing our secrets, giving away uh, our, our, the secrets, and, and, you know, just doing the same kind of things that any other strong man would do. Uh, that would be even um, more 
it would be worse. You know, we, we, we didn't learn all this stuff about Donald Trump before he was elected when he was coming down the so-called golden stairs. But we've begun to learn more and more about him, and we'd better believe that he is as evil as he has been acting, and he's going to have to have somebody who's going to stop him. Now, we used to say, oh, we'll take the case to the Supreme Court. We can't be sure this time because we know that that was uh, 63 votes, and those 63 people may not be convinced that they want to save this country, save our democracy as much as we want to do it. So we can't just automatically say we'll take it to the Supreme Court and think we're going to get justice there. We've got to get uh, civics, too, back in our schools so our children can learn what is right and what is wrong with our uh, government, you know, because this person wants to be president again simply so that he can kill somebody or do something else knowing he can get away with it. So we can't continue to have him blocking what President Biden is trying to do for the success of the people. Uh, who, you know, President Biden has been a, a problem solver in most cases. I mean, I'm not saying he's done everything right, but he certainly has done more right and hasn't done any deliberate uh, wrong. But uh, what kind of lesson is this to give to our children that this man is guilty, but he doesn't have to pay? Because I'm sure children are saying, we have to pay when we do something wrong. Why does Donald Trump get away with doing all of this stuff and not be punished? So when people you know, run for office, Dr. Well, I, I was going to say that, uh, you know, I've heard on the news report that uh, 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 Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas uh, his wife could be an unindicted co-conspirator for being mm -hmm. with uh, Donald Trump uh, January 6th, uh, egging yeah. the people on. She didn't go to the Capitol. I guess she stayed in the White House with, with Donald Trump. But uh, mm -hmm. uh, Clarence Thomas has refused to recuse himself. I'm sorry, that he is what? He would not recuse himself. <laughs> Clarence Thomas. Well, uh, and his, and his, he, wife, he his wife could be an unindicted co-conspirator. He, he has not, but then um, that is one of the reasons we have to get a president who believes in democracy will win the election in November and will do everything. We, the people, have to do everything we can to get be able to get more uh, Supreme Court justices to balance out what's going on there. Uh, we can't allow any one of the um, Democratic uh, justices to retire and not be able to, um, you know, to replace that person. The other thing that we, the people, can do is make sure that we uh, vote to have Washington, D.C., uh, able to have two more senators. That would help, too, because the, Senate's, uh, the Senate tends to be a little better. And now that we're getting a change of, of the leadership of the Senate, this is our big chance to, to spend the uh, right of D.C., for us in D.C., to be able to vote in the Senate and in the House. I don't know that people around the country know. We don't get a chance to vote on who represents us in Congress, but we need to work uh, on that as we're thinking about it because it's getting worse, and it's totally disrespectful to the police officers and others who killed that day at the Capitol for all the money we taxpayers have to pay to put it back together for all the damage that they did in tearing up the place and all the damage that uh, Trump is doing around the world by showing how awful he can be here in America and do the kinds of things that people like Putin and, and, and Kim Jong-un and all of those can do without any regard for what the people want and need. It's time for us to put a stop to it, and we have to vote as we have never voted for, uh, before in November. So I hope that I people will stop 
running around talking about uh, they're not voting. Oh, yes, you have to vote if you want to re remain having some rights in this country. You're absolutely right, Dr. Pico. Going back to Donald Trump getting the money, it'd be pretty easy for him to borrow that money from his son-in-law, Jared Kushner, who shortly after leaving the White House went over to uh, United Arab Emirates and got $2 billion. And uh, so, yeah, to Saudi Arabia, I believe he got, got yeah, he got yeah, Saudi Arabia, right? So, mm -hmm. uh, I'm sure that uh, 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 they, they will be uh, kicking in because uh, Trump is their guy. Uh, mm -hmm. so I, I'm just waiting to see what happens there. But the other thing that I heard uh, Congressman Jamie Raskin and also Congressman Gregory Meeks say if they take the house, uh, they're going to explore the possibility of expanding the Supreme Court, which I think mm -hmm. needs to happen immediately. Uh, so if they do take the House, they'll have an opportunity to do that. What are your feelings about expanding the Supreme Court to get justice for Americans? I'm sorry, to get justice? For for Americans in the United States. Well, um, Right now, the Supreme Court is tilted. We know that. Yes, of course. And, and that's why I'm saying we have to vote uh, to make sure that we vote for the right people and not be fooled like we were fooled with Trump or like some people were fooled with him that he was going to do so much. You, you know, one of the things Mr. Gregory told me before his time, he said, you know, I know some of these people think that uh, Donald Trump is going to uh, be a president. And he's going to leave. He's going to follow the rules just like everybody else. He said, but no, he is not going to leave that White House peacefully. The, 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 the uh, military will be, have, have to be called out to get him out of there. And that basically is what happened. The, the National Guard had to come and surround that place and keep even more of his soldiers, you know, Donald Trump's soldiers for coming in and tearing up things that we the people have to pay for. I don't know what's wrong with these people who look at these stupid tennis shoes and have him say all that stuff about, well, you know, black people are going to support me because they like our sneakers. We're not that crazy, Osha. We wear sneakers, but we're not going to wear any gold uh, sneakers with a big T on it and a flag. I hope our people don't get fooled by that. Um, and then, of course, he doesn't know, you know, what men uses cologne. He calls it perfume and what have you. So he's going to go out there and he's going to raise money that way because he thinks black people are going to identify with him. Oh, no. Oh, no. That, that won't happen. I don't think we have that many crazy black people. And I think you're absolutely absolutely. I think you're absolutely right, Doctor Ife. But it's very mm -hmm. important to vote from the uh, from the the state, the city, the county, the state, all the way up to the president, because you need to have mm -hmm. some say so about everybody in elective office, and you got to be a participant. And the other thing right. is, is that I encourage people to show up at the city council, county council, state legislative meetings to make sure that mm -hmm. we don't get left in the dust and our issues mm -hmm. are forgotten, because like the old right. saying goes. If you're out of mm -hmm. sight, you're out of mind. And we know how that yeah, worked real well. I must admit, yeah, I though, uh, saw, uh, the African-Americans... saw him that night when, when he yeah, came African-American business about owners and civil rights organizations, we do have a serious problem with Merrick Garland not investigating racial discrimination complaints. He claims he sent uh, our complaint filed November 23rd, 2021, over to uh, the Department of Transportation. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, and this is the National Association of Minority Contractors and 22 other organizations, including mm -hmm. clergy. And uh, yeah. we've not heard a word from Pete Buttigieg. Our numbers mm -hmm. are dismal. Uh, the federal laws are being violated. And uh, mm -hmm. Mary Garland might as well be with Ed Bloom and uh, Stephen Miller because he has mm -hmm. no regard 
for trying to deal with racial discrimination issues, specifically against African-Americans. I have not heard anything other than he just he's just so slow to get out the box. So if mm -hmm. uh, the president is reelected, I certainly hope. Oh, as a matter of fact, I can't believe this, Dr. Ife. Just one second. Uh -huh. Hello. Hi, this is Mr. Wright. This is uh, Congressman Gregory Meeks' office calling. I'm on the radio right now with Dr. Ife Williams. Let me call you right back, okay? Okay, sounds good. <laughs> okay. I just mentioned his okay. name and got a call. <laughs> Absolutely. You have such great people on your program. I just love it whenever I can hear it. And thank you. What you're doing is giving out information to the people so that they'll have the truth. Uh, I hope that nobody in November will be able to uh, vote for somebody who is trying to destroy them, destroy their country that they have worked so hard uh, with because they said they didn't know. No, keep on providing that basic information that everybody needs to know. And they need to know that Trump is of no good to our country. He has done more damage than all the presidents I've known in my life put together. Dr. Ife, uh, I've been joined by Hayward Evans, who's a co-convener of the Seattle Martin Luther King Jr. Commemoration and Continuation Committee now. We were just commemorating, mm -hmm. but we got the, the clergy told us we need to continue. So uh, that was their theme for the uh, uh, King holiday. So Dr. Ife, thank you very much. We're going to stay closer in touch. And like, I'm going to keep people telling people to pick up that medium and read your column because it's very okay. informative. So thank you very much for your time today. Thank you so much. And I'm going to have to learn how to use all of this technology, but thank you for getting me on it. <laughs> okay. I certainly appreciate you. Thank you. I love you. Take care. Okay. Okay. Uh, my next guest was Hayward Evans and uh, he, he jumped on and jumped off. But while we get him back on, uh, I want to let you know that I want to, oh, Hayward, Hayward is back. Are you, are you on Hayward? He's connecting. So anyway, I want to uh, thank Sound Transit's uh, Office of Civil Rights, Equity and Inclusion. I want to thank the Port of, Port of Seattle's Diversity Contracting Office. Me and Rice, I hope you're getting well. And I also want to thank the City of Seattle's Personal Construction Services Office and SeaTac Bar Group, LLC. I also want to thank uh, the Seattle chapter of Blackstone Government for giving me their award uh, for... Uh, uh, this past Tuesday. So uh, Hamdi Muhammad and uh, the Seattle uh, chapter and all the brothers and sisters out there, thank you very much. Now let's go to Hayward Evans to find out what happened uh, on uh, uh, last Saturday for uh, the MLKCC's Black History event. So welcome, uh, co-convener. Oh, hey, Eddie, thank you for having me here on your show. But also, again, congratulations, well-deserved Lifetime Achievement Award from the Port of Seattle. Very, very, very proud of your accomplishments, brother. And well-deserved. Well-deserved. Uh, the Martin Luther King Commemoration Committee, the program went extremely well. I was very, very pleased with, with the outcome. Uh, our award recipients, Dwayne Chappelle, got the, um, who's the Director of Seattle Education and Early Learning, got the Mona Bailey Education Advocate Award, Sharika Carter, President of the Coalition of Black Trade Unionists, and also Secretary-Treasurer, of the Washington State Labor Council, got the Tyree Scott and Beverly Sims Labor Award. Hamdi Mohammed, who gave you your award on Tuesday with Blacks in Government, president of the Seattle Port Authority, first uh, African-American or first woman of color to, to become president of the Port Authority. She got the Mayor Norm Rice Public Servant Award. Clarence Gums, president of, of, uh, of DDI, Democrats for Diversity and Inclusion. Got the Larry Gossett Servant of the People Award. And Lim Howe, Mr. Lim Howe Esquire, 
uh, prominent, prominent Seattle attorney, big time civil rights attorney, got the Dr. Maxine Mims Changemaker Award. Great people, but also a shout out to uh, um, the Catfish Corner. The people love the food, <laughs> you know that. At all our events, we always make sure that we provide a free meal for folks, and they absolutely enjoyed the, the uh, food that was provided uh, by Catfish Corner. The, uh, the event went great. Also, for those who don't know, and, and you know that every year for Black History Month, we like Martin Luther King uh, Jr. Park, Martin Luther King Jr. Civil Rights Memorial Park, just down the street from Holgate Street Church. And a shout out to uh, Senior Minister uh, Jimmy Hurd who lets us use his church uh, every event. Uh, for those in the listener audience, our next event, April 4th, and that's our Day of Remembrance. We want to remember those folks who passed away, who made contributions to our community, but contributions to your life personally. Uh, if anyone's interested in being a part of the, uh, the advisory committee, you can, you can give me a call, 206-778-6357. It's the uh, 56th anniversary of the assassination of Dr. King is April 4th. And every year we recognize him, but we also recognize local people like, you know, Peggy Maxey, you know, just passed away. Or you're, you're speaking yeah, you mentioned Peggy. I, want, I wanted to say yeah. that Peggy Maxey was a award recipient last year. She did pass away. Her uh, funeral service would be at Immaculate uh, Conception Church on Saturday at 11 o'clock a.m., and if you want to go for the rosary, it starts at 9.30 a.m. The burial, however, won't be until Monday. So there will be a reception immediately following uh, 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 immediately following uh, the, the funeral mass at uh, Immaculate. You know, I remember you, you, you mentioned that during, the, uh, uh, during our Black History Month awards program. It's important that we remember those folks who've contributed so much to our community. Then when they get they get older, people forget about our history. That's why April 4th is so important, our day of remembrance, to reflect on those folks who've done positive things in our lives, who got us where we are, so that we don't forget them. That one day we want them to remember, and, and hopefully, and again, listenership, you're all welcome to participate, not just as an attendee, but as a committee member. But uh, uh, we want it to become an official county holiday to begin with right there on their calendar every year. April 4th is our day of remembrance in Martin Luther King Jr. County. This is the time to reflect. Reflect on, on your loved ones who passed away and then remember those folks who've been critical to the history to improve the quality of life for me, for black folk, but also those who improve the quality of life for brown folks, the Latino community, the Asian community. This is a time for everybody to remember those loved ones who passed away. Heywood, thank you so much, and thank you for all the work that you do in the community. And uh, 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 I got to make sure you're at the next National Association of Minority Contract NAMC meeting that'll be coming up uh, on Thursday. I'll get you the information. Want to get you and Devon both on that call uh, so we can still continue to pursue opportunities, not just for y'all's company, but for everybody else who are being left out in our community. And that's what the numbers, the numbers indicate that we're being left out. So uh, well, me, go ahead. Well, I'm going to get a shout out to the Martin Luther King Gandhi uh, Empowerment Initiative. Come on now. you got a big program coming down the line. The community needs to know, and they need to be aware and, and embrace it. I think it's such a great program. You want to share a little bit? Well, I'm going to talk more about it once the money is in the bank. 
Amen. <laughs> I want to put it, I want to make sure that the money's in the bank. Uh, we had a meeting with Pramela Jayapal, Ron Dixit, and I. We also met with uh, the Indian Council General Prekash Gupta last Friday and met with Congressman Jayapal on Monday. Uh, they say it's on the way, Hayward, but once it's in the bank, then I'll do a lot more talking because I have something to talk about. So, uh, hey, thanks much, brother, and I'll be in touch with you after the program. Thank you. Bye. Okay. So, uh, Eric, we're going to take, uh, take this break. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity of Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community, and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion, and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.seataxshops.com. At Sound Transit, we not only connect more people to more places, we're making life better for all. We're connecting diverse neighborhoods to an entire region of opportunities, like jobs and school. If you have an ORCA card, you can just tap and go. We have reduced fares for seniors and riders with disabilities. For adults with lower incomes, check out ORCA Lift and pay just a dollar for your ride. To plan your trip or to learn more, Visit us at soundtransit.org. Miss a show on KKNW? Check out 1150kknw.com for podcasts of many of our programs. That's 1150kknw.com. Okay, we're back. Uh, we got Fred Maxey talking already. Hey. Uh, we have uh, Fred Maxey, Sharon Miller Maxey. Is that? Willie Mills. Willie Ray Mills. Willie Ray. Willie Mills. You said who? Willie Mills. That's cousin. what I thought that looked like, baby Ray. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But anyway, we have uh, Fred Maxey, uh, Sharon Miller Maxey, and Willie Mills, Reverend Willie Mills. And uh, so, you know, as we just mentioned the last segment about uh, 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 former state representative trailblazer uh, Peggy Joan Maxey passed away and about her funeral service. So we wanted to have some input and insight from family and friends. So we want to start with uh, Fred Maxey, just to do a little reflection on uh, Peggy Joan Maxey. Uh, matter of fact, back in the day, we had a all-Black uh, legislative uh, uh, caucus. We had uh, Peggy Maxey, George Fleming, and Michael Ross. Now, Michael Ross was a Republican, but he, <laughs> he was a hellraiser, but he always kept, kept Peggy Maxey informed because he knew the press would go to Peggy Max and say, is he stupid or what? And Peggy was so cool, he would know how to couch it to make Michael look like a star. And uh, it worked every time. So, Fred, why don't you go right ahead and share some reflections on your sister? Well, uh, thank you, Eddie. And I want to thank all the people there in the uh, in, in distance of ours uh, can hear us. Uh, we're a whole time Seattleites, just like Eddie Wright. And we came here from Texas uh, way back in 19, blah, 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 
um, I was born 40. in 38. I was born in 38. 40. And, and we came, and we've been, we all grew up in, in Seattle. Uh, uh, we've been involved in the whole, uh, uh, in, in the early development of uh, black people coming to Seattle. A lot of them were here before we got here, mm-hmm. but we were here during the peak of the uh, development of uh, our, our our black uh, 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 society. Uh, so Peggy, as Eddie probably told you already, was the first black woman elected to the Washington State House of Representatives. So it wasn't just Peggy; it was all the black people that migrated to the Northwest. Uh, since we were young people. And uh, so we are part of the Washington State history uh, from the perspective of uh, all minorities, especially uh, black women and uh, people that were the early uh, pioneers, uh, people that came here to work at Boeing, even before Boeing hired uh, black people. Uh, so. Uh, we're so proud to see all the progress that's been made since then and, and the deep roots that have been planted here, not only by our family, by all the, uh, the black pioneers and all of the people that come after the pioneers, the teachers and, and the workers and, and uh, uh, social milieu that, uh, We've grown to know and love for all these years. So we're, right now, we're taking this time to celebrate the birthday of uh, Peggy Maxie. She just passed away, and uh, we're celebrating her funeral uh, on the 2nd of March. And it'll be a big celebration at the Immaculate Conception Church, where we're, most of us grew up, and even during, uh, both Catholics and Protestants. And it, uh, a lot of our Jewish brothers and sisters. Uh, so it's part of our, our cell culture around here in this particular area. And we're just so happy to uh, have been brought here and growing up here and many all the thousands of people that uh, we've learned to uh, love and cherish in this area. Well, um, well Bob, Fred, I think, I think that, you know, some of the legislation that uh, Peggy Maxey, uh champion uh, were landmark at the time, like a Landlord Tenant Act, the Displaced Homemakers Act. And like I said, she also was good cover for Michael Ross when he was raising sand. Michael Ross tried to have legislation to legalize marijuana in 1971. Yes. He's attacked by everybody. He's going to have everybody being a drug addict. Now you can buy it on every street corner. Legal. <laughs> Our brothers in jail is sold it on, on, on the down low. They're still in jail, but now everybody's up. The sad thing is, though, is there's not one Black-owned uh, uh, dispensary in Seattle, Washington. That's the sad part about it. Oh, right. But, uh, but you know, also Sharon, the sister-in-law, Sharon miller Maxey, was also the caretaker. And also, uh, as a matter of fact, you, you brought with Peggy when she received her award from the Martin Luther King Commemoration Committee. Yes. So, Sharon, uh, I'd like to have some of her some of your uh, thoughts and if you work with her on any of the issues. Well, I guess I would just like to say that uh, when Peggy first became ill, 
she started getting tributes similar to the one you had her come to. She was featured in the Trailblazing Black Women in the State of Washington booklet. And uh, I was always trying to promote her and she kind of sat back and said, what's going on? And she said, well, it's fine for you to give me all these awards, but most people just look at the award and they don't know how hard it was. <laughs> and she still had a lot pent up inside of her about how hard she worked. And that when she was given a task to do, she was going to push it through and be sure that she was successful. So she gave everything to the goals that she had. And as she heard more and more from people saying, you know, like my daughter, you know, uses you as a mentor. And I think she realized that all that hard work was worth it. Um, and in later years, really, um, we were in graduate school together when she got her social work degree. So I helped her start. Uh, Peggy Maxey and Associates, and she worked out of her home for years, and uh, she started up uh, an alcohol uh, counseling right. agency and did a lot of things that people don't even recognize her for, knowing what she did in the legislature. But um, I was always living close by her, you know, the person that could be here for caregiving or be here when we started the company, and uh, and saw her really be a very, very hard worker. Mm -hmm. And so uh, she would be amazed when she sees what's happening this weekend with all the people that are coming out of the woodwork to uh, give her tribute. The uh, representative who sits in her chair in the legislature is coming to the church on Saturday. And, uh, you know, he feels all of the things that came down from her legislation and some of the trailblazing things that mm -hmm. she did. And so it's, yes. it's a good weekend to celebrate her mm -hmm. and everything she's done. So a lot of people will be here celebrating, including yeah. your good friend, Sharon Tomiko Santos. She's up bringing her, uh, the other 37th representative here. And she also is bringing you the flag that flew over the Capitol. She's going to present that to you. So yeah. I'll hear from uh, Mr. Willie Mills. Yes. So he just flew in today. Okay. I know yeah. I haven't seen him in a minute or two. Yeah, he's going to participate in the service on Saturday. Okay, Reverend Willie Mills, yeah, see, he has gray hair. I have black dye. <laughs> <laughs> so those, those are things that we're celebrating, not just Peggy, but all of us who came here from the South, especially, and uh, who, who are all co considered pioneers in, in the development of the city of Seattle. And, and the areas around uh, here, but also from other areas in the state of Washington. A lot of, there are a lot of black pioneers who you know very well. You could do three or four programs on just the black pioneers uh, all by yourself, including your family. Uh, well, my family got here because my father got appointed to be one of the Northwest organizers for the Brotherhood of Sleeping Car Porters, the Pullman Porters. The only right. union that a black man could belong to in those days. And they offered the job. He was the youngest in the family. They offered the a Philip Randolph offered the job to his two older brothers. And they said, "Well, our kids are in Southern, and Eddie's kids are in grade school. If something happened to him, we can take care of him." So he started coming up here in 1948. And he and Reverend A.J. Bowles were room had a room at uh, Lloyd and Terrell Martin's house. They owned the Madison Street Cafe on Madison Street back yeah. in the 50s. Okay, so uh, that's how that's how we got here. I spent the first 10 years of my life in Shreveport, Louisiana. So I've been up close and personal with segregation, know, know all about it. Oh, yeah. But I hear from Reverend Willie Mills 
I want to hear from him. I haven't seen him in a while. Well, let's hear from you, brother. Uh, thank you, Eddie. It's so good to see you, my brother. You know, I know right now we are commenting on my cousin, Peggy, and uh, that's a wonderful thing. And uh, the thing that I remember most about my cousin, Peggy, is that she always made it her purpose to uh, edify and to grow people. And she didn't care who you were. She always wanted you to, to leave her knowing more than you did when you came. And she, she used uh, her platform uh, to better everyone. She wasn't just a black woman. She was a white woman. She was an Indian woman. Uh, she, she was a, every nationality, Filipino, uh, Mexican, she was, she was all of those women, all in one, because she didn't see no color in people. Uh, she, she just wanted to better everyone. She wanted to edify them. And in doing all of that, her heart and her spirit always prevailed. And, and uh, as far as I can remember, I had never heard my cousin Peggy say anything or do anything wrong to anyone. She always wanted to edify them. She always wanted to grow. And I, and before I go, Ed, I'm, I'm just so thankful for you and for your heritage, for your entire family, and the uh, the way that you have tried to edify and grow this country uh, through your persistence. We know that you should be like the rest of us, uh, retired, but you just won't let it go. <laughs> and, and, I, and I, for one, honor you, my brother. I honor you. Well, I appreciate it. There's a lot of work to be done. Like the saying in the Bible, the work is plentiful, but the laborers are few. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to keep trying to push as long as I can. Uh, but uh, in terms of... Uh, uh, <clears throat> Peggy, she was elected in 1971, and yes. she served until 1982. And uh, I know, the, uh, Fred, why don't you mention the other family members who passed on, so people that, the younger people that, that know of Peggy yeah. Maxey, well, the, the whole family. You know, I'll be remiss if I didn't mention my, my brother, Bob Maxey, who he was just about everybody who ever walked the streets of Seattle knew Bob Maxey, not only from the uh, uh, the people in our neighborhood, but all the major politicians knew him by name. Citizens, uh, uh, Senator Jackson, Senator Magnuson. I don't know, Eddie, if you recall when uh, Senator Jackson uh, uh, died, and uh, we got calls from people all over the United States, including New York, who knew our family. They say, was that Bob Maxey's a picture that I saw next to Senator Jackson's <laughs> wife? And that's because Bob Maxey, like a lot of the people you guys ran around with, uh, just made it your business to know what was going on. Oh. And that song, What's Going On, was could have been uh, initiated just by the guys who just do uh, teenagers, basically, that would get out 
and uh, get and uh, meet everybody in the neighborhood and got to know them by name. As a matter of fact, it was Bob Maxey who first, because he was so popular, wanted to run for state representative because he knew so many people. And he had a lot of the people in Madison and Jackson, uh, the people that had money willing to, that he could uh, get backing from. But uh, because Bob ran around so much, uh, he was afraid that uh, he might get in trouble because a lot of the police officers used to stop him from being out after the curfew and use that against him when he ran from one of these big political offices. Hmm. But uh, so he decided at the last minute uh, not to run uh, for office. And I had just gotten out of law school. I just started law school. And he said, well, he had a family meeting and, and asked uh, myself and Peggy and, uh, and my other sister Miriam. having somebody in the family run. And I backed off because I, I said, I'm going to I want to finish law school before I get involved in politics. And Peggy, first one, uh, jumped up after Bob spoke and said, well, I'll do it. And Peggy had just gotten out, uh, two years earlier, gotten out of the convent. Because mm-hmm. she was studying to be a nun. Uh, when she uh, graduated from uh, Immaculate High School, Catholic school. And uh, she, but she had taken a job instead with the Attorney General's office. She's the first one that the Attorney General of Washington State hired uh, uh, when she started working. So guess what? She, she, Bob said, okay, he had already made the signs that Maxie made up, but she just, just changed it from just plain Maxie to Peggy Maxie. Mm-hmm. And uh, then the rest of the, you and all the other people that we know, got together and we uh, doorbell almost every house twice in the central area of 37th district. And she went by landslides. Yeah. Uh, so they, that was when we were, the community was 85% African-American, now it's 15%. That's right. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. But that, that had to do with that redlining issue we dropped 50 years ago. Oh. It predicted everything that happened has transpired, has all happened. Yeah. But I want to I want to ask Sharon. Sharon, uh, you were Peggy's caregiver, uh, and why don't you take how how active? I mean, she came. She seemed like she was in real good shape when she came up last year to receive that award. But I mean, you were closest to her, rather probably anybody else. You were there with every day. Yeah, yeah. She was pretty much uh, staying at home for the last several years. Her business was running out of the house, and so when she uh, came back after her first stroke. Uh, she sat with the skilled care and came back and sat down and opened up her checkbook said, I got to start paying bills and I got to get my business going. And so she was that driven to keep uh, PM and AIDS alive. And so she was able to still see clients out of the home and uh, continue on up until about 2022. And then um, she was placed in a, she went to an assisted living for the last year and uh wasn't able to do a lot of the things that she wanted to do, but she was she would have worked to the last day of her life if she'd been healthy enough. And uh, that kind of took the winds out of her sails because she was not one to just sit around. So, yeah. but she had lots of people come visit. One of her uh, friends that was in the convent with her back in the 70s, uh, when they came out, uh, Linda had a family, 
And so Peggy would entertain them every Christmas Eve. And the littlest girl just absolutely loved Peggy like an aunt. Mm. And so they came to visit. And uh, and Holly visited her just before they went to South Africa to visit their her sister. And she wrote a wonderful tribute to Peggy that we'll be reading at the service on Saturday, explaining her as the most positive person that she knew and that she had taught her that you could be anything, you can do anything. And that was a pattern for her life. And uh, so now she's a, a sure. social worker and, uh, and she would love to be here. But she said, I can't just get up there from South Africa easily. So she sent a mm-hmm. statement. But uh Peggy was always, uh, even to the end, you know, as, as uh, Willie Ray just said, you know, always the kindest. And even when she didn't feel well, you know, she still was kind to everyone around her and just pushed through it. So we, uh, a couple of days ago, heard her call her sister and say, you know, help me, come get me. And so we think Mary came and got her, and now we get to celebrate her life. Okay. So we appreciate you, uh, doing a tribute to her. Like I said, she finally became comfortable with it and accepted that she had uh, had earned that reputation. Yeah, no, no question about it. I mean, you know, uh, being the first is uh, always kind of difficult. Yeah. But then if you if you, if you got that maxi clan behind you, it just makes it a lot easier because uh, I know there was some good oversight and protection and all yeah. the folks that knew uh, the maxi family all the Santoses and all the other folks around the neighborhood. Uh, so she was always going to be uh, well protected. One of her caregivers said that she could not believe that Peggy had achieved so much as a single woman. And uh, I said, well, she was single, but she wasn't alone. She had a great village. <laughs> she, there's no question about that. And once again, the funeral, the rosary will be at 930 on Saturday morning. And the funeral mass will be at 11 o'clock at Immaculate. There will be a reception at Immaculate after the funeral mass, and the burial will not take place until Monday. Is that correct? Yes. Noon at Monday at uh, Evergreen Washelli. Okay, and that's out on Aurora Avenue North. Yes. yes. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. So, Fred, is there any kind of uh, scholarship, anything that's been set up right now? Maybe we can talk about it later uh, in Peggy's memory. Yes, we, we, we hope to have several scholarships set up in her name. Mm-hmm. I'm sure the University of Washington will cooperate with that. We're in touch with the governor's office and also with the, uh, uh, we're going to have, uh, the mayor has been wonderful. Uh, he's looking at uh, naming a Faye Maxie Street uh, somewhere in the central area. Uh, in front of Immaculate. She went to the convent and she graduated from the high school. It got to be the street in front of Immaculate. Uh, she, that's she, my personal opinion. And that's why I'll be advocating for it. Yeah. What do you think about that, Greg? Sharon, what do you think about having that street name in front of Immaculate for Sharon? For, for a page yeah, you know, that would be a good one. She'd also be in front of camp then. All right, yeah, there you go, right down the street. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is our home. That's it. That's it. It's going to be a great celebration, and we ask everybody to have that same celebratory spirit. And we're all celebrating each other and all the beautiful people that we know and didn't even get a chance to personally meet. And more than that, to have her be the mentor that encourages others to work as hard as she did 
to achieve yes. what she did. It was all because of her, you know, uh, putting her eyes on the prize and she would achieve it. Okay, well, I really appreciate you guys today. And uh, like I said, we're going to definitely get a street, a monument, a scholarships, or anything else in uh, the name of the first African-American female elect elected to the Washington State Legislature. So thank you guys very much. And I will see you Saturday morning, if not before. Thank you very much, Eddie. Thank you, Eddie. Fred Maxey, Sharon Miller Maxey, and Reverend Willie Mills. Thank you very much. <laughs> Okay, uh, Eric, we're going to take this break and come back with Carmel Bias from Women in Business Expo. At Sound Transit, we not only give people more reliable ways to get around, we're connecting diverse neighborhoods to an entire system of opportunities like jobs, school, friends and family, and to the airport. Our commitment to economic development provides opportunities for women and people of color to compete fairly for Sound Transit contracts. All of this helps our regional workforce grow and thrive. Go to soundtransit.org and search DBE to learn more. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity and Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.ctacshops.com. Broaden your horizons. You'll be amazed at all the topics we cover on Alternative Talk 1150. Eddie Ryback back at Urban Forum Northwest. We want to thank Sound Transit's uh, Office of Civil Rights, Equity, and Inclusion, uh, uh, the Port of Seattle's Diversity Contracting Office, Get Well, Man Rice, uh, the Port of uh, the City of Seattle's Purchase and Construction Services Department, and SeaTac Bar Group LLC, and also uh, we were going to have uh, Dr. Mike Tooley, Executive Director of the United Indians of All Tribes. He's going to talk about uh, the Billy Frank Jr. event that's going to be happening on March 5th at North Seattle Community College, North Seattle College, and I'm sure that uh, uh, if you know uh, Sarah Sis Wilson, I'm sure she can provide that information. So I want to make everybody know Billy Frank Jr., renowned leader in the Native American community, and was one of the people that uh, spearheaded the fish and rights uh, uh, struggle for the Indian Native people in Washington State and across the country. He became a, a, a call-on person to uh, discuss that issue with. My next guest is Carmel Bias, Women in Business Expo Group. And uh, I forgot to put a title now. She's the founder, the executive director, the boss. And uh, they have an event coming up, and she's going to tell us about it right now. So welcome to Urban Forum Northwest, Ms. Carmel. I am here. Yes, yes. Thank you once again for having me on your show this afternoon. Um, yes, I wanted to let everyone know about our upcoming event. This is our leadership luncheon that we are having March 9th. 
um, Saturday, 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. at the Rainier Beach Community Center here in Seattle, Washington. Um, we are going to be having a panelist discussion, and this is where we're going to be talking about how do small business owners increase visibility while inspiring and transforming the lives of our youth to become leaders of tomorrow. You know, we're, we have been doing the work for the last two years at Echo Glen Youth Detention Center, and we want to bridge that gap in for those young people there um, with business owners, with organizations, agencies, schools, it is, that provide them that second chance opportunity. So we are inviting the community to come on out. This is our leadership luncheon. The panelist discussion, we're going to serve lunch um, catered by Royal Catering. And also, too, our keynote speaker is going to be Deborah Horn from Cairo 7 News. Uh, so this is going to be a great event that we've worked very hard for and put together. And we are inviting the community to come on out and share um, with us in this event, March 9th, 11 a.m. at the Rainier Beach Community Center. They and can I'm go post that up. I'm going to post that up on my Facebook page and shout it out again uh, next week. Uh, so anyway, if you have, uh, see if we can get Deborah or someone else involved, uh, we can have you back on next week. Can yes. you work on that for me? I can definitely. Yes. Okay. Cause we'd like to have you and Deborah back if possible, or you and some, some other people who are involved. Cause we're talking sure. about not this Saturday, but the following week. So I'd like to have you and someone else back on next Thursday. Is that possible? Definitely. Yes, it is. We can definitely do that. Okay, I'll be looking for you again. I got your picture already for the Facebook post again. So let me know early on who you're going to have with you, and we'll get them on. Sounds good. Thank you again, Mr. Rye. Okay, Carmel, thank you for all the work you're doing. Yes, take care. Okay. Dr. Mike Tooley, Executive Director of the United Indians of All Tribes. We have four minutes left, brother. I'm sorry we missed you earlier. Dr. Mike, are you there? Hi, can you hear me, Eddie? I can now. Yeah, we got to be down to about three minutes, brother. So I went. Okay. I, I gave the program a shout out, but we have to have you on again so we can go into more detail about United Indians of all tribes. But we'll go ahead and uh, share some thoughts with us right quick about uh, uh, Billy Frank Jr. Well, certainly I'd say he has my utmost respect. Um, he's been very monstrous in the uh, fishing industry uh, on a national scale. He's been honored uh, by President Obama posthumously. Uh, he's done so much work on culverts uh, on a statewide basis that had impact on a national scale. He was uh, very instrumental uh, in the fish wars to gain fishing rights, which led to the bull decision of 1974. There was so much uh, consternation and uh, very large amounts of movements against native fishing at that time. Uh, back in the 50s, 60s and 70s, he started fishing right around about the age of 11, got arrested when he was, by the time he was 14 years old. Uh, he'd been thrown in jail over 50 times. Uh, he got batoned countless amount of times and I just believed in what he did. And eventually, uh, you know, the fishing, non-native fishing industry finally caved into the natives. And, and it, in, our, in a sense, uh, native seal feel like got that shorthand simply because Although we were uh, allotted the 50% uh, catch rate, a lot of natives felt like this was our traditional land, should have been 100%. Uh, however, 50% is something that uh, you know a lot of natives do celebrate today because of uh, Billy Frank Jr. In fact, he's been honored so to the fact that he's uh, uh, there's erecting a uh, statue in his honor in uh, Washington, D.C. Uh, at U.S. Congress. So I'm just, there's just a lot of, so many things that he was uh, of instrumental in getting uh, rights for our native uh, people in the environmental field, especially in the fishing industry. 
Well, I'm certainly happy that uh, people, the powers of be, have started listening to the Native Americans about how they've been killing the salmon by blocking the runs and stuff like that. And it's been pleasing to see that some people are finally listening to the people who were here before they got here. So <laughs> I'm just happy for that. So now March 9th, that's going to be, I mean, March uh, 5th, that's going to be a Tuesday. It's going to be at North Seattle College. And it's going to be from 6 to 8. And uh, I plan on being there, sir. And uh, yes, sir. We're going to have to have you know, we have a little bit more time to talk about United Indians of All Tribes. Uh, I was one of the people that went out there uh, with Bernie White Bear and others to, to reclaim the native land that is now Daybreak Star. Uh, I, did, I, did, I, got, I got handcuffed. I didn't get put in jail, but I did get handcuffed. But I'm just happy <laughs> it turned out like it did. Yeah. Well, very glad you were there, Eddie. Uh, a lot of things happening at United Indians. Uh, we're actually, I'm attending a gathering and now gaining information on housing, which is uh, one of our uh, next, uh, uh, I'll say, opportunities. Uh, we are embarking on a 500 unit uh, uh, housing unit for, hopefully for Native Americans. Because, uh, you know, there are challenges when you're in a city, of course, when it's uh, uh, even on the ceded land, former ceded land of the Native people. And um, you know, it's something that we very much uh, value, and we're looking forward to the uh, challenges to making it happen. And I definitely want to have you back on to talk about that when we have a little bit more time. I know you're uh, you're sought after to be in four and five meetings at one time, but I would definitely like to have you on to talk more about. Uh, I can even share some of the history about Daybreak Star, but want to have you on to talk about some of the programs and the housing uh, initiative you're undertaking is great. I think that you, when you have that community with that loving environment, people can succeed. So we're out of time, Dr. Mike. So thank you very much. And I'll see you on Tuesday. All right. Thank you very much, Katie. Take okay. care. Bye-bye.